Our God is a missionary God, and we are His missionary people. You're listening to The Scent Life, the official podcast of the Center for Great Commission Studies at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Scent Life. My name is Keelan Cook, and I'm glad that you're with us. And I'm here with Scott Hildreth and uh, Nathan, our podcast engineer as well. And we are right now in the middle of what we refer to as Global Missions Week here at Southeastern. Uh, today, we want to talk to you just a bit about why we do a Global Missions Week and hopefully how some of the same stuff we're doing there uh, can impact your ministry and mission as well. All right, so we're going to welcome back into the Scent Life studios Dr. Anna Dobb for Stories of the Scent Ones. Hello, I'm glad to be back. And welcome. So again, as a reminder, Anna works uh, at the seminary. She teaches missions, uh, but she also works in our Office of Global Theological Initiatives, which uh, is the arm of Southeastern that equips leaders from the global church uh, to serve effectively, faithfully. This is another way that Southeastern seeks to be a Great Commission seminary. And Anna's got a story, not a historical story, biography, but a contemporary story of the sent ones. Anna, welcome. Talk to us. Thank you. So today I'm talking about a contemporary story and a story that, to be honest, might seem a little ordinary. But I'll tell you at the end why I think the story is important. Great. So I want to share with you the story of one of our students from our Global Theological Initiatives Partnership in the Dominican Republic. His name is Jose. Jose came from a dysfunctional family, and his parents divorced when he was about 14 years old. But through this difficult season in his life, God actually called Jose to follow him uh, through the story of the prodigal son. Hmm. Jose knew immediately that the Lord was calling him to serve in the church, and he pursued a, a Bachelor of Psychology while simultaneously studying a Bachelor of Theology. He claims that those years of study with Sebbets uh, allowed him to grow and be edified in his personal relationship with God, his theological thinking, and the fulfillment of the Great Commission. Jose now serves on the pastoral team of Iglesia Bautista Osama mm. in the Dominican Republic. He also works as an academic coordinator at the Dominican Republic, uh, at the Dominican Baptist Theological Seminary. And he works closely with us here at Southeastern in our, in our various uh, global theological initiative partnerships wow. in, the, in Latin America. I tell Jose's story today because he stands as an example of ordinary men and women around the world yeah. who've been called by an extraordinary Savior. His testimony may sound very familiar to many mm. of our listeners, and I don't, I don't say that to discourage or despair uh, anybody if that's, if that's your similar sure. testimony. Be amazed. God is calling people from the West and people from the majority world mm. uh, to himself through seemingly ordinary means. Um, but he is using Jose and others like him around the world to prepare the global church to be part of God's mission. What a great story for Jose and for others around the world. Again, sometimes we feel like, you know, the burden of the Great Commission rests on us, on the Western church. But when we when we say that our God is a missionary God, then all of his people are missionary people. And so people like Jose, normal people, normal stories, doing great things uh, for an extraordinary God around the world. Anna, thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Appreciate it. Bye. Okay, so here we are, middle of Global Missions Week. Uh, Scott, talk to me a bit. It's been a busy week for you, I assume. You know, it's been good. We've had a great week. We've got missionaries uh, who are on our campus from, um, really, this year's unique. Uh, normally for Global Missions, we have missionaries from all over the world. But this year we decided to spoke, focus on one specific area, Sub-Saharan Africa. So we've got 
oh, oh, about a dozen or so missionaries on campus uh, talking with our students, sharing with them about uh, what God is doing in sub-Saharan Africa. It's, it's been an exciting week. We've had uh, nights of worship. We've had interaction with students. We've got missionaries in classrooms. We've got all kind of cool things going on. Uh, it's, it can be tiring, but we have a great time when we do it. Yeah, in fact, one of my favorite times of year here at Southeastern mm-hmm. is actually Global Missions Week. Uh, one of the, I mean, I was when I first came to Southeastern as a student, uh, I was coming off the mission field. I was an IMB missionary, and I landed here. And the opportunity for us to spend time kind of focused for a week right. uh, on this topic every year, it, it always tends to be a highlight for me. And uh, this year, of course, is no exception. Yeah, you know, it was, um, we have decided as uh, Southeastern that, that um, we would focus one week of the year specifically on global missions. Now, Southeastern Seminary, our motto, you know, we're a great commission seminary. So some would say, well, you know, what's the big deal about that one week? Well, I think this is where we really want to land on this podcast today, which is not only is Southeastern Seminary a great commission seminary, but we're great commission Christians, and we ought to be living that way on a regular basis. But what we found is that one week where we ramp up the emphasis uh, really helps us maintain the other 50 weeks of the year, 51 weeks of the year that keep missions as part of the as part of the focus. And and I think what we can learn is even in our own Christian lives or even in our churches, an emphasis of some sort really can help us stay focused on the main thing, which is our fulfillment and our activity as part of the Great Commission. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Of course, to say that we have a global missions week does not mean the other 51 weeks of the year around here are not about missions. Right. That's not what we're saying when we say that. What we want to do, though, is say that it's important at certain times for us to elevate uh, in our consciousness and uh, just kind of into our field of view, those things that we know are the most important uh, for us to be able to fulfill the Great Commission and for us to be able to be, uh, well, really the church that we've been called to be. And so here at Southeastern for us, it looks like having this week so that we can make sure we have in front of our students some of those main questions that uh, we'd, we'd be derelict in our responsibilities as a school if we did not ask students certain things about fulfilling the Great Commission and how they're going to go do that. And this week gives us a chance to do it. And what I want us to do today on the podcast is, well, really just to challenge you and your church and whatever ministry you're in. If you're a missionary who's uh, on a team somewhere overseas, what about your partner churches and how they're thinking? Like, I want to challenge you you probably need to have the same kind of rhythm. Right. So let's talk about that because the fact of the matter is this podcast isn't about Southeastern Seminary. This podcast is not about advertising Global Missions Week. This this podcast really is about uh, helping and reminding people that what we make important and what we emphasize important really begins to shape the way that we do a lot of things. You know, the Great Commission doesn't belong to the seminary. That's right. The Great Commission doesn't belong to seminary professors or uh, to seminary students. The Great Commission belongs to the local church. In fact, we at Southeastern really believe in the emphasis and the priority, the primacy of the local church itself. In fact, our you know our mission statement is that we equip our students to serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission. So we think about Global Missions Week. Uh, Keila, you you worked with have worked with churches, part of associations, and work with churches. What what are some things that you've seen? How can the church, a local church, so a pastor, missions pastor, or maybe someone who who's in a leadership position at their church, take advantage of a th- the theme of today, emphasizing missions for a week? And what can that do in a local church? And what maybe some practical ways that a, a local church can can do their own type of missions emphasis? 
Yeah, so I think this statement cannot be said enough when it comes to local church practice. We work toward what we celebrate. Good point. Full stop. We work toward what we celebrate, and that winds up being true in just about every facet of the culture of your church. In fact, I've seen no better way. I mean, if you had to come back and say, what's one way I can change the culture of a church? which is a super hard thing to do. But if there's one way to do it, I'd say work on what you celebrate. Mm. Uh, If that's the only tool in your tool belt, that's the best one to have. And so what we need to do, I think in local church ministry, if we want to say, I'd love to raise the missional awareness in my church, I'd love for us to become a true sending church, for us to be missional in our output, to have a vision in our church that says, hey, we, we raise up people so that we can send them. Uh, the primary way to do that, I think, is creating some rhythms of celebration around the thing which you want your church doing most. And so there's a bunch of different ways to do that when it comes to uh, global missions in specific. Uh, and we can you know, unpack several of those. I think it's good if your church has missionaries on the field already mm-hmm. to find ways to celebrate them and get them in front of your people. Uh, I would suggest some dedicated events even mm-hmm. uh, where you as a church take time in your calendar and say, this is worth putting on a calendar for us where we're going to focus on this issue. Yeah. And we're going to talk about it. We're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate the work of us and our other partners as well. That's a great point. Now, for those of you who, who are part of churches and you may say, you know, we don't even have missionaries who've come out of our church. The fact that we're part of the Southern Baptist Convention means that we have missionaries. Absolutely. Uh, what the great thing about our cooperative program and our cooperative initiative through uh, through the, the Southern Baptist Convention is that our International Mission Board is always happy to help us resource, to help resource us uh, with missionaries who can come to, camp, uh, come to our, our our churches, if uh, if they're in our area, or to help get them there, resources that we may need. But I think your point is spot on. We we replicate what we celebrate. We get what we celebrate. We do a global missions week at Southeastern because we celebrate it and hope to get that through our That's students right. in the local church. Uh, we would encourage pastors and uh, missions pastors find a way to celebrate missions as part of your calendar. Find a unique way to do that. You could do it uh, once a year in a week. You could do it uh, once a month uh, by having a missionary uh, spotlight or missionary highlight. You could do it, uh, you, know, uh, you know, twice a year with a maybe a North American event, international event. Our our denominational organizations and agencies can resource you and help you find a way to celebrate missions uh, through, in and through your church. And then to your point, raise the temperature of global missions and the need of global missions to people. And then let God use that to call people out. Let God use that to help people uh, uh, help finance and support missions, go to the mission field, pray for missionaries, and just raise the temperature for missions in your church. Yeah, and one of the things that I would encourage you to consider is the fact that, so what we're not saying here, don't hear what we're not saying. Uh, We're not saying, here's a template, make sure that you're doing this event in your church calendar. Instead, what we're saying is every church is going to have somewhat of a unique feel, and there's a gazillion different ways to skin this cat, man. You can, I know churches that have every week as of just a part of the liturgy of their regular worship service, mm-hmm. they have a highlight or an update from the field. Good. Uh, and so they have, uh, today we're praying for X missionary mm-hmm. and uh, here's a short report from them or here's a 30 second video. And so some churches work it that far into their calendar. Uh, I've seen other churches that have a whole week, kind of like we're doing here at Southeastern, dedicated to 
missions. Mm -hmm. And so during this week, we're going to have two or three events at the church, and we're going to focus on uh, particular partnerships we have. We're going to challenge you to go on one of our short-term trips this year. Uh, I've seen other churches that maybe once a quarter, they have a smaller event. Uh, Some churches turn it into a banquet. Some churches turn it into a, a block party. Some churches do all kinds of different things with it. The point here is not the kind of event. Correct. The point is instead celebrate that thing for which we want to work the hardest and, mm-hmm. and that we want to make sure we're pressing our congregation to, to be engaged in. And uh, we want to make global missions one of those key things that our church says this, this is what we celebrate around here. Yeah, great point. So let's, let's shift from the local church to now the missionary on the field. So I'm on the mission field listening to the podcast. We have missionaries all over the world uh, who listen to the Scent Life podcast and uh, may say, yeah, okay, that's cool, but I mean, I'm not in a local church. Does the missionary have any, uh, any way that they can do this? Not just to remind themselves, but what role can a missionary play in helping churches or helping their partners celebrate and be reminded about the importance of missions? Yeah, I think there's several things here that really come to mind on the front end of that. So first off, be available as you can mm-hmm. uh, is, is an important idea there. Um, now, it's I mean, I've, I've been a missionary overseas with yeah. the board. Scott, you've been overseas. Uh, so, so we both understand that pull of I'm in a field and my first work is here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got these people that I want, the hold the rope idea. I've got the contacts and the connections and the supporting churches and those people that I need to, to stay involved with. And you feel like you're juggling things at times. But I would encourage missionaries, don't forsake your field. Right. But at the same time, you need to make yourself as available as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't let your church forget you. Mm-hmm. And that's a two-way street. It's not just on the church. And so I would encourage you, make make yourself available. Uh, be in a position where you're, you're accessible and offer yourself mm. for those kind of things. Uh, they may have never thought about doing that kind of thing as a church, but if you simply offer, hey, I'd love to be able to do this, or I'd love to make myself available if you guys ever decide to have this kind of event or something of that effect. Uh, so I think that's that's kind of key there is a posture of availability yeah, for I one. A, I think that's a great point. And you know, when we think about our missionaries overseas, when I talk to our students, one of the real uh, fears they have of being forgotten they, they leave their local church, they, they end up overseas, they're forgotten, or uh, feel like that, uh, that the, they don't have a real way of, of finding a solid partner. My, I would really recommend use this Missions Week uh, motif as a way of raising up partners. If you make yourself available, hey, can I send you a video once a month or an update, or is there anything that I can do to help you and your church to raise the cause of missions? That's a good way to find the churches that want to partner with you because if they say yes, that could be a great partner. But if you don't get a good reception, that may let you know, I need to move to another partner. Don't beat my head against the wall about this. But again, make yourself available, uh, whether you're on the field, stateside assignment. We're not asking you to burn yourself out, but just uh, re- realize I think what we want to realize as missionaries is that we have a missionary responsibilities both to the people on the field and to the churches that send us out. Yeah, that's right. We're a steward of uh, the work that's been entrusted to us. We're a steward of, as far as our denominations because we're a steward of the finances that have been entrusted to us because we're, we're taken care of on the field. Right. And uh, so we have to think back in that direction as well. And a lot of what we get to do, and some of the most exciting work I've seen uh, in local churches here in the States nowadays is real good partnerships with some of their international missionaries overseas that actually use those missionaries 
as a way to help instill culture back within their own mm. church. And so the missionary becomes uh, a means of connection and communication with our congregation. It's a way that we can put a vision in front of our congregation and say, we want more of these. Mm. And we have access to these missionaries, and they can teach you and, and challenge you uh, to be able to do these kind of things. And that's done through short-term trips sometimes, right. but it's also done through some of these other means, like a missions week mm. or, or uh, update videos or some of those kind of things as well. Yeah, great point. All right, so let's move to the third category. We've talked about the local church, the significance and the importance of the local church, that we want to celebrate missions so that we can have uh, a missions emphasis and a missions culture. We've talked about the importance of the missionary being the partner in that process. But now let's think about the the, the individual Christian themselves. What uh, What is the lesson of a global missions week emphasis for just the individual Christian who may not be the pastor or missions pastor, elder at their church, they're not a missionary. Is there a lesson from a Global Missions Week for what we may call the normal Christian? Yeah, uh, I think so. Uh, Two quick things I'll put out there. Uh, One of the things we try to do with Global Missions Week here with our students, Mm -hmm. uh, we want all of our students to leave Global Missions Week having asked some important questions Mm -hmm. of themselves. Right. So I think there's some some questions that we as individuals need to ask of ourselves just because we're by function of being disciples of Christ ourselves. Uh, these are the questions that we have to have to ask. So that's one. The other one, I think, is what are some individual practices uh, that I can use to celebrate this idea of global missions in my own life mm-hmm. and some habits and rhythms that I can create uh, that would allow me to have this as you know, keeping my eye on the ball individually, right. so to speak. Yeah, I think that's a good point. So what is it that we can put in our own lives that keep this in front of us, just like our church changes, shifts, maintains culture by regularly celebrating missions, we as individual Christians keep our eye on the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, what We're great commission Christians by emphasizing, by celebrating things in our own life. I think there are a couple things that, that I have seen over the years that work, some things I would recommend. First, if you're a reader, uh, read good missionary biographies. Uh, there, there are plenty of them out there. In fact, um, several, uh, several a year or so ago, we did a whole podcast on reading biographies and why that was important. We actually made the offer, and the offer still stands. If you would like us to send you um, a, a, a link that gives what at that time, this would have been several years ago, we found what we think is all of the full-length missionary biographies that were available free on the Internet. That's we'll be excellent. happy to send yeah. you that link, and you can read, have access to, to hundreds of, of missionary biographies. But I would encourage you, read biographies if you're a reader. Let them uh, nurture your soul as you read what other Christians have done before you. That'd be one thing. The second thing is pray regularly for missions, for missionaries, for unreached peoples. Both our International Mission Board and North American Mission Board have prayer outlets uh, that they would send you prayer requests, Joshua Project, other, mm-hmm. uh, other mission organizations give you a daily prayer update. There's nothing like being reminded every morning of missionaries who are serving or unreached people groups around the world that you pray for that. It stirs your soul about about missions. And a third thing that I would uh, encourage you to do is get to know missionaries and interact with them. Missionaries who have prayer updates would send those to you. You could in in, in uh, a dialogue with them. They would love to, to do that. What I'm saying is find a way to put missions on your regular radar, and then it becomes part of the way you think and the way that you live. Yeah, and I couldn't have said it better myself, Scott. Those are the th- exact three things that I encourage churches uh, to have their people do. Read, pray, talk. 
read Pray Talk, uh, read biographies, newsletters. Um, you need to pray for the missionaries that you know personally. Let's pray for them by name. Uh, let's pray for, and like you said, there's a bunch of lists there uh, that we can get from the IMB and places like that. Let's be praying for our missionaries and keeping them in front of ourselves that way. And then let's talk. We need to have real conversations uh, with real missionaries. And one of the things that we want to make sure you all are doing is keeping the main thing the main thing. That's what we're about here. And that's the challenge that we're putting out to you today uh, from the podcast is that you would find ways to celebrate uh, the Great Commission and global missions in specific in your own life, in your church, and as a missionary to help and encourage others back here stateside and how to do that. So that's what we're about today on The Scent Life. We hope that you all are encouraged and blessed in that. And uh, as always, if you want to, you can reach out to us with questions. We're hoping to have an episode here soon, in fact, where we're going to deal with uh, some of the questions that are coming from users and try to interact and dialogue with you on those. Uh, In addition, if you've got other things, comments that you'd like to send to us, feel free to reach out to us in social media. And you can always get us at the email address, cgcs at sebts.edu as well. Thanks for listening to The Scent Life. Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary exists to serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission. Located in Wake Forest, North Carolina, we offer over 40 degrees, ranging from a Bachelor of Arts to a Doctor of Philosophy. The Master of Divinity is Southeastern's flagship degree for anyone seeking to be thoroughly equipped to serve their local church through a variety of ways. Since 1950, Southeastern has grown its student body to more than 5,000 students who seek to minister in the U.S. and around the world. We believe that theological education is more than just building knowledge. It's about becoming who God has called you to be. No matter how God is calling you to serve, Southeastern will come alongside you and help you to grow in your faith and go to reach the lost. If you're interested in learning more, check out sebts.edu to find out how God might be calling you to go next. Use the code THESENTLIFE, all caps, no spaces, and Southeastern will waive your application fee. So welcome back this week to our segment, Out of the Tower, as we attempt to take the things we teach in our classroom and give them in real bite-sized chunks, real practical tips on how you can live your life on mission. And as we do each week, we welcome my friend and colleague, Dr. George Robinson, into our Scent Life studios. Welcome, George. Hey, glad to be here. Thanks for coming in with us. What do we have this week uh, that takes us out of the tower and onto the street. So we're going to talk a little bit more about disciple making this week. You know, um, oftentimes when we think about discipleship, uh, we think about a subject to be studied. And along with the subject, uh, we automatically begin to think, which curriculum do we need to lead people through? And so this week, I want to talk to you about throwing your curriculum in the trash. So by that, I, don't, I really, you know, that's kind of tongue-in-cheek, me saying throw the curriculum in the trash. But here's the one thing I don't want to do. Okay. With a brand-new believer, we want them to grow in their relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. And curriculums can be helpful, but they can also be a distraction. Mm. Um, what I try to do is I try to make the Bible my primary curriculum when it comes to uh, evangelism and disciple making. And what I mean by that is that 
I want to get the people not into a book about the Bible, but I want to get the people into the books of the Bible. And so in doing so, we use a methodology. It's not unique to me, but it's called Discovery Bible Study. Mm -hmm. It's just a simple tool where you ask specific questions that help them to order and to understand the things that they're learning and then what difference it makes in their life, how to apply those things. And so with that, one of our former students here actually came up with this uh, tool called the SWORD method. Okay. And in the SWORD method, the point of the sword is the tip of the sword, right? It's an offensive weapon. And so the first question when we enter into the text of Scripture and and open the sword of the Spirit is, what does this text say about God? Mm-hmm. And so we want to ask that question, uh, what attributes of God are present? What What is God like in this text? What is God doing in this text? That's the first and the primary thing, because God is both the author and the hero of the story. The second question is related to that handle of the sword. The sword is useless to you unless you can get a grip on it, right? And so the handle uh, leads us to ask the question, what does this text say about man in general and about me in particular? And so now you're bringing it down to the practical. You've got the characteristics of God, and then you've got what this text says to you specifically. And then there are four simple questions, two for each side of the sword. One is, is there a command to obey? You know, the scripture is filled with um, commands, do this or don't do that. And so if anything, Jesus said in Matthew 28, verse 19, that we're to teach them to obey all that he's commanded. And so we shouldn't be afraid of training people in those commands from the scripture. Uh, Then from there, is there an example to follow? Um, So look in the text and ask the question, is there somebody that we should be like or somebody that we shouldn't be like? Mm -hmm. An example could be positive or negative. And the final two questions, is there a sin to avoid Mm -hmm. and is there a promise to claim? And so by using a simple tool like the sword method or discovery Bible study methodology, what we're doing is we're opening opening up the whole of the Bible mm-hmm. to become the curriculum for discipleship and disciple making. And I think that is more important than any book that I've ever written or you've ever written or any curriculum that anybody else has ever put out. If we can establish confidence in the authority of the Scripture and how to apply that in the lives uh, of believers, uh, then we're a long way down the road of discipleship. Amen. That's what a great point. Just take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Bible, the sword method, which gets us into the Bible, and just lead through these questions. What a great point. Thanks for being with us this week, Doc. Yeah, glad to be here. Appreciate it.